What's up, Ascension Podcast family? This is Fred Cannon, your host and owner and director of Ascension Sports Consulting, director of Team Felt Basketball. Coming back at you with another episode of the Ascension Sports Podcast. And last on the last episode, we kind of caught back up on the status of everything dealing with the coronavirus and recruiting for the 2020 and 2021 class, the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, a couple of coaches' hot seats and interesting takes on that. Good additions, new coaching additions. This week, I just wanted to talk to you about a couple of questions that I've received uh, throughout the quarantine and a little bit prior to that, just from parents on how to navigate this thing and what I think. And to me, with the coronavirus, it's no different than any other transition or opportunity for change. And some people are looking at this as a a negative, and I'm sure from the recruiting class, it definitely seems like a negative from the parents who put a lot of time in. You know, you're concerned about your, your player's future, but the way I can explain it to you is this, everybody's dealing with the, with the same obstacle. So from that standpoint, there's still going to be scholarships available for 2021. It's just a matter of being able to make the adjustments to make sure your son or daughter is one of the players that receives them. And part of that is either taking upon yourself or getting some people in your corner who are forward thinking and can help you navigate through this so that whenever this opens back up, your family and your prospect are all as informed as possible and understand exactly what's needed for them to secure a scholarship opportunity or whether they should commit to a current scholarship opportunity. And what I can kind of relate this to is seeing the shift from AAU being the, you know, the end all be all for travel basketball and how it started to progress towards the shoe sponsored circuits, you know, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and how that affected things. And a lot of, I call them mom and pop grassroots programs that were non-shoe affiliated, didn't make the adjustments soon enough and were ultimately replaced by new programs either affiliated with NBA players or, you know, sponsored by shoot sponsored programs. It was just hard for those programs to, one, keep their talent, two, play a schedule that warranted college coaches to come out and offer scholarships. And then financially, it just became such a large financial burden that when you're collecting dollars $1,500, $2,000, for your team to operate and you may have one or two guys go to school, that's probably not going to be the best foundation to have long-term success or stability in grassroots basketball. So relating that back to the coronavirus, yeah, it's definitely a uh, obstacle in the way of 2020 and 2021 recruitment. But it's also going to be the door opening to new opportunities moving forward with grassroots basketball. Um, Obviously, the biggest change 
that I think has occurred is then the NBA adding the new G League pilot program for guys to come out of high school straight to the G League, play on the same team and play a non-G League schedule. And from my understanding, it's playing against teams, you know, from all over the world and just basically learning how to play the program, pro, play the pro game the correct way, develop the bodies and just kind of go through a full transition program before entering the draft. And by guys like Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd taking that route, you already seeing some, you know, high major guys, I mean, top kids in the class making that leap. They're going to receive $500,000, which would equate to $100,000 a month. Plus, they can you know keep any any monies that are given through their likeness. So any endorsement deals, shoot deals, whatever, they'll have access to all those funds right away. To me, I think it was a really dope idea by Adam Silver to go ahead and be forward thinking. And I think this coronavirus gave them a little extra time to go ahead and put this into play and really focus on it while the NBA schedule is at a halt. And I think they came in with a bang that secured the 20 top, you know, arguably the top uh, 2020 kid in the class. Isaiah Todd is also, a, you know, in my book, a top 10 kid in the class for sure. And so you secure two dynamic players like that. So I'm sure others will follow. Uh, one in particular that I'm looking at is Jalen Suggs, possibly taking that leap as well. Um, and I'm sure many more. Five hundred, you know, half a million dollars in five months. It's pretty tough to argue with. And if you throw another five half a million dollar contract, and then you're at a million dollars before you even sign your NBA contract. So uh, definitely in these uncertain times of what we got going on right now, anytime you can. Secure yourself financially, I think is always a good idea. But the NBA has used the coronavirus not as just a obstacle, but as a as a catalyst for change. And I think for me, it's a change for the better. So I can see that trickling down to college. Um, I think what I happen now is if the top kids continue to go to the G League and they expand their program, it'll force the Blue Bloods to not rely so much on a one and dones, which could open up some high major opportunities for some kids that had to go the mid-major route. Uh, so it kind of puts them back as a higher priority. Uh, I think it forces college coaches to have to coach again, develop again. Um, I think that I think that lack of those two things also enhances the transfer portal. Uh, I think boosters, I think school administrations are wanting microwave success from their coaches and not really give them adequate time to you know build a program because they're chasing all these one and dones. And I think it just causes more issues than it does uh, championships. So now I think it's going to start providing some balance and you'll start seeing Blue Bloods again going back to get guys that'll be there two and three years as opposed to just one. And I think it's going to make the quality of the college game a lot better because as long as they don't enter the transfer portal, college coaches will then have a better idea of what they'll need from a year-to-year basis uh, as far as recruitment and development of where guys are at. So I kind of look forward to that change from a high school and grassroots approach. I can see NBA scouts now becoming to 
the process of evaluating talent if you have a top kid. So not only would you have college coaches evaluating these kids at tournaments or high school games, I can see NBA guys getting back out to that level uh, to evaluate them for the G League, which I think would be a cool dynamic. Um, I can also see uh, the way kids have been recruited changing to a certain extent, less restrictions on the live periods, less restrictions on Obviously, the transfer is going to be a one-time transfer without penalty. But I'm thinking they probably going to have to change the calendar, recruiting calendar up a lot based on this year, not having a spring and most likely not having a summer recruiting period. I would think they would do some type of extension. But I think it's going to allow grassroots teams to really kind of navigate in a new direction to make sure the kids are being seen. So... If you're an AAU program out there, travel basketball, um, don't get caught up in the old because changes are going to happen. It's not if, it's just when. So, you know, don't get stuck in the past on just wanting to cookie cut and do exactly what you've done before. It also is going to make you have to be a forward thinker. You can't just copycat somebody else if you don't have a vision. It's going to be hard for you to implement it and your program will ultimately fail because of that. So if you have somebody advising you during your recruitment period right now and, you know, everybody has a resume, if if the majority of their resume is from years past, um, six, seven years ago, whatever the case may be, a lot can change in that time period. So make sure they're aware of the new changes. They're plugged in enough to know kind of what's going on and where things are headed. So they can help you make a, a really good decision and uh, hopefully alleviate most, if not all, of the challenges that you have faced going through that recruitment period. And hopefully to do be able to answer those questions so that you can land somewhere that checks, you know, if not all your boxes, the majority of the boxes and help eliminate any surprises. And, um, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to these uh, new changes and you know, I, I don't like things to be complacent or stagnant. So for me, you know, I'm already kind of putting some things together. You know, obviously Ascension Sports was probably a year ahead of its time and kind of what we do. And, you know, I, I plan to continue to build on that because that transfer portal is only going to continue to get larger. And with the resources and coaching databases that I have access to, placing these kids and help them with the recruiting process to connect them with schools that I think I will already know that will be interested in a particular prospect, um, alleviating the process of families and kids getting inundated with a ton of calls. Basically, what I do is as soon as the kid hits the portal, I hit my contact list and say, hey, this kid is now in the portal. This is how he's handling his process. And we kind of cut out the middle person to kind of say, hey, you know, this is the prospect. This is his number. This is his circle. This is who you should contact first, second, and third. And at that point, you know, we, we trying to make sure that I get the schools that checks that kid's boxes in touch with that kid. And then we just work the process that way. So uh, that's something I've been doing for team Felton players since we started. It's just now that I can use my database for you know kids outside the program um obviously for a fee but 
you know, it, it definitely cuts down on the recruitment time for these kids. So uh, Ascension Sports, and, you know, I'm working for kids from all, all different programs. So shoe affiliation, AAU affiliation doesn't matter to me, but that's kind of what we do. And that was one of the things that kind of came out of a short live period for the 2020 class. Uh, definitely was a, a challenge, but it turned into a business opportunity that uh, I think is going to be around for a good while. I've seen a lot of people trying to duplicate it, but the service only works if you had a direct contact uh, with the schools. And uh, I always welcome competition in, in the in the marketplace. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But as far as being able to place these kids and Having experience of adjusting, and, uh, you know, what we, we do at Ascension, I think, is unmatched. So, I think this would only make us better as a company, but I also think it'll make a lot of programs better. And then a lot of programs would disappear here um, as these changes are made because they haven't put themselves in a situation to where they can work for the kids behind these challenges. So, uh, moving forward, you'll you'll definitely need to be with a program that can market your kids market the players, stay in contact with the coaches, even though stuff like this happens. And uh, there could be less viewing periods, there could be more. We don't know which way it's gonna lean to. So uh, just make sure you have somebody that in your corner can adjust and not depend on what they did, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago. It has to be some current success there in order to put your child's future in their hands. So uh, just keep all that in mind and like I said, don't don't worry too much, but definitely before thinking of how you're doing for younger parents, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you kind of see what's going on now. Go ahead and get your kids ready. Ninth, tenth, eleventh grade to be here sooner than you think. And uh, you know, once you get there, you make sure you align yourself with a program or a person that can navigate you. You know, with a lot of the ins and outs of the recruitment, picking the right high school in ninth grade, picking the right travel basketball program in ninth grade to save yourself a whole lot of headaches moving forward. I want to touch base on the 2021 class. Obviously, they're missing probably most, if not all, of the summer travel circuit. So there's a lot of kids wondering how they're going to be recruited. Um, if they should be receiving phone calls right now, if they're not receiving phone calls, what does that mean? I've talked to a lot of coaches and they're just telling me that a lot of them are still trying to figure out the 2020 class. They're still trying to figure out who's on their current roster, who's going to be on their roster for next year, if they're going to be coaching next year. So not to say 2021 is not a priority, but it's really not at the moment. Um, they're still trying to figure out the 2020 class. So with this many kids in the transfer portal, 750 some odd kids or 75 kids, they're still filling the rosters from all of that. So it's a, you know, a lot on that plate right now. Most 2021s right now who will be receiving offers will most likely be guys that are on the larger side of size by position, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six and up. Um, point guards and combo guards at the 6th and below. You, unless you were getting a whole lot of attention last year as a sophomore, I think you'll probably see your biggest break in the fall or winter. Pending, you know, coaches can get out and watch you play. Um, if not, you could see a lot of kids going into the late signing period with this class. And I think there's going to be a lot of unsigned senior teams 
uh, a lot of prep school action, a lot of reclassing uh, coming up. So there'll be a lot of options, but there's nothing you can do about it right now. So there's no way the coaches come see you play. Coaches can send you information out, send your mixtapes out. But most time the head coach, if they've never seen you before, they're not going to give you an offer without the head coach seeing you. So just stay on top of your game. Try not to uh, limit you. It's a you know, limited amount of time that you're putting in on looking at social media, following what other guys are getting, that type of deal. You don't know exactly what their circumstances are. But 2021, until this 2020 class is a full, and a lot of kids are committing now and signing. So you should start seeing a little movement on 2021 by end of May, beginning of June. And uh, just keep doing your due diligence. Uh, get as much content and video as you can from your coaches, full game content. The mixtapes are cool introductions, but you're not getting an offer strictly off the mixtape. So uh, have a full game on deck. So if somebody's helping you and the school is interested, have film ready. And uh, that'll be the, your best bet. If you don't have any footage, there's no write-ups, there's no documentation that you are what you say you are your recruitment is going to go really slow at this point so if you're 2021 get that game film together if you can if you got huddles synergy whatever at your high school make you a mixtape get you some full games create your profile and get somebody to get that out out to the coaches for you that'll be the that's how you can help yourself right now during this downtime um for 2022 2023 uh, you guys, same thing. Get as much content as you can out there. Uh, get people knowing who your name is, where you're located, what high schools, what travel ball programs you're with. Uh, just build that profile up now because if you don't get to play this year, you know you still got to get scholarships. Um, the schools can't not give you a scholarship for that next year. So they're wide open right now and it's going to be based on video footage so you might as well go ahead and put a lot of time and effort into that right now where you're not doing much so but don't fret too much everybody's in the same boat nobody's playing right now no a lot of people don't have access to gyms right now so be creative and you know put your goal up in the backyard put your goal up in the driveway go to your, your friend's house if you can and it makes sense from a quarantine standpoint dribbling your garage driveway basement whatever uh, just do your best you can to make sure you keep their rest off and uh, just go from there. Uh, but for, for the most part, there's nothing you can do about it um, other than having that footage ready and keeping those grades up. Get that online work done and keep those grades up and you should be good to go. Looking at some of the recruiting that's been going on around the state, around the country, uh, the transfer portal, I think the biggest piece you know, from a close by standpoint, that's still out there looking uh, from the transfer portal uh, point of view was Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech. It's going to be an interesting uh, to see where he ends up at. He recently cut his list, and uh, I think he's down to three schools now. But for me, he was one of the kids that left a situation where I thought he had a lot of success, and it kind of caught me off guard that he was leaving. And uh, you know, I think for him, with the production that he had, you know, I, it probably caught the school off guard too. Um, I think he has the last three down to Memphis, Georgia, and Ole Miss. 
depending on who leaves from Memphis, um, could be a log jam there. Him and Precious Achua and a couple other guys kind of remind me of a lot of each other and they build and kind of what role they would play with Penny. Ole Miss, uh, he'd probably go in and be one of the main pieces of Ole Miss and definitely at Georgia. Uh, if he can get some type of waiver to go in right away, if he has to go and sit out, uh, who knows what would be on the roster uh, by that point in time. But Landis Nolly is definitely an interesting piece. Um, I like the choice of Trey Murphy, Rice transfer, who is a Durham kid or Durham, North Carolina kid. He uh, transferred from Rice and came in came back east to the University of Virginia. Um, if you're not familiar with Trey, he's probably 6'7 or 6'8, somewhere in that ballpark. Can shoot the ball from anywhere on the floor. Um, wiry kid. But like I said, he's always been a prolific shooter. Uh, played with the Durham Hurricanes coming up through travel ball. And, you know, a big time talent. You know, he was also looking at... Uh, Pittsburgh and a couple other schools. I think it was Villanova and a couple other schools. But he's a he's going to be an interesting fit for Tony um, at Virginia. Uh, Coach Bennett does a good job of using those guys and the key would be to see how he adapts defensively. But if he can use his wide reframe to defend multiple positions, he's got a real good chance of turning himself into a pro prospect. Um, you know, he shot somewhere, you know, between 37 and 38% from three this past season. Averaged 14 points a game as a sophomore and uh, was 82% from the free throw line. So, and six rebounds a game. So, those are really solid numbers coming out of Rice. Uh, I think he has a real good opportunity uh, to come into Virginia, especially on a sit out year, learn what they do with Forza defensive principles and come in and help them right away. Uh, that was a good pickup for Tony Bennett. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what Trey does. Uh, you know, like I said, I just really feel like that's a good solid fit from a personnel standpoint. And just from a culture standpoint, I think he fits exactly what Coach Bennett is looking for. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing, seeing what that transition looks like for him. And looking around the ACC, I think there's a couple other guys that probably needed an impact freshman like that. We spoke on Wake Forest last episode um, with a lot of experience leaving that lineup. They bring in a couple of guys that's got good playing uh, experience and uh, with DeBose and Wilkins coming in. They, they That's a much needed thing for them. Pittsburgh should be a little older this year, having Adise Tony and Xavier Johnson returning along with a couple other guys, Justin Champagne, decent uh, income freshman class coming in, filling in some depth in the post positions. Pittsburgh should be a lot better. Louisville should be really good. Um, they had some really talented freshmen sitting out last year uh, that will get them an ultimate boost with Jalen Withers and Josh Nickelberry. And Georgia Tech has looked really good finishing the season. How those guys are young and become back strong. So I would anticipate Carolina. They have a, a log jam in the front court, but that's always a good problem to have. If they can get healthy, I would expect Carolina to make a drastic change in you know, the way they play. 
Duke has a lot of returners coming in that'll be super solid. Um, so the ACC should have a much better year this year than I thought this year, how this went. Uh, NC State would be an interesting team to watch. With Josh Hall uh, putting his name in for the NBA draft, if he does not come back, I think that leaves a, a considerable gap on the, on the perimeter for that big wing position. I thought he was going to do wonders in that position. So uh, that leaves them pretty thin as far as uh, size on the perimeter. So uh, that puts a lot of pressure on Manny Bates uh, trying to protect the rim. Thunderbird, um, I believe, has also entered his name in as well as Daniels. If none of those guys return, then that puts NC State in a situation where they're going to be very young next year, which usually doesn't equate to a great season. And uh, could be an uphill battle. Virginia Tech um, could be up and down this year. Losing Landers is a, is a huge loss. So it's always hard to bounce back when you lose a player that caliber. And Florida State keeps rolling. Um, so definitely going to be deep in the ACC. Um, but I think you'll see college basketball kind of have a huge bounce back going into next year. Uh, so a lot of these kids that are on the freshman classes, I wouldn't anticipate a whole lot of freshmen playing right away this upcoming season just because they're not going to be prepared uh, for what they're about to get into. Uh, so if you're a freshman, sign and go put your head down, work your work your tail off, watch as much film as you can right now, watching YouTube, and uh, you know try to do yourself a favor to kind of give you some idea of what you're stepping on the floor with. Um, I had the pleasure of being on a on a panel that had high school travel coaches, directors, and college coaches on it. And um, one of the, the things I took away from assistant coach C.Y. Young of Florida State, he said that uh, they don't really like to recruit kids who are more interested in bushes and buildings than they are about being in the program. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, a lot of kids get caught up in the hype of being able to say, I committed to, they put a lot of effort into the commitment videos, the whole nine yards, they get a lot of love on the day of the post. And then after that, you don't exist anymore. They're waiting for the next recruit. So don't do it all for the tension or the hype. Make sure that you locked into the program, you understand what the coaches are looking for and just go in and play your role. And, uh, if you got a chance to go and check that interview out or that discussion roundtable under KTS Basketball on Instagram and on Twitter. Again, that's KTS Basketball on Instagram and Twitter. You can see a lot of really cool interviews with a lot of good coaches and a lot of good roundtables just getting your perspective on how the recruitment thing works. So uh, definitely do your favor and watch that. Um, the more knowledge you can have with the coaches, um, their previous track records, the better it is for you to make a better decision for your family on where your son or daughter should go. But if you don't do that research, you, you, you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. So do your homework, watch a ton of basketball, do your research on these coaches. And with this new recruiting process, it's going to be the new norm. So. A lot more lead work is going to be put on you as a prospect and the parents and go watch these guys type their names in and just put uh, 
negative story and in the coach's name. And usually it'll pull up anything that's dealing with the coach, previous behavior discrepancies, um, anything like that. You know, where he was at, if he got fired, they had losing records, winning records. So you just want to have a little history with your coach so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. So uh, the information is out there. Use it. Uh, if you're too lazy to do it, you can hire somebody like myself. I'll do all the homework for you and help you make the decision. So um, I said things have been really good. I'm excited to be able to go watch my Ascension Sports guys and ladies uh, this upcoming season uh, to go see where they're see how they adjust and making in college. Uh, went back and looked at my schedule for this past year. I was able to visit 64 colleges this year and uh, went to a little over 35 games this year. And so I just definitely want to keep moving in the right direction to go check on all my players and uh, continue to build a relationship with coaches and scouting services and all that good stuff. But that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Ascension Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them on any of the social media, Ascension Podcast, um, Ascension Sports Consultant on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can hit me at Coach Cannon on Instagram or Facebook. I always love talking about these topics. Um, If you have any interesting topics you want me to debate or get my opinion on, feel free to shoot me a DM send me a text or just drop a line on one of the pages. But until next episode, keep ascending.